0: Hello and welcome. I'm Max Finder and this is Living 30, a podcast for people in their 30s trying to make this the best decade ever. Our 30s are a pivotal time. We've spent our teens and 20s trying everything. We now have a better idea of who we are and what we want and it's time for us to go after it. We've experienced education, both formal and informal, career success and career failure, love and heartbreak and maybe even some births and deaths. Living 30 is devoted to gathering innovative approaches, deep insights, and lessons learned around topics like health, work, relationships, and more. Visit living30.blog and stay tuned for more interviews, articles, and to join the Living 30 community. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Living 30. I'm your host, Max Finder. I'm here with Allison Clayman. I'm going to read a couple of sentences about your bio just to set the stage for everybody. Allison Clayman was the youngest director named by the New York Times chief film critics A.O. Scott and Manola Dargy. Dargus. Dargis. Dargis. On their international list of 20 directors to watch, her debut feature Ai Weiwei Never Sorry about the Chinese artist and activist Ai Weiwei premiered at the 2012 Sundance Film Festival where it was awarded a U.S. Documentary Special Jury Prize for Spirit of Defiance. And she was on the Colbert Report talking about it. Mm -hmm. Allison's other films included the Netflix original feature documentary Take Your Pills about people using Adderall um, and the 100 Years show about 103-year-old Cuban-American painter, Carmen Carmen Herrera. Now
1: 104.
0: She's getting older every year, (laughs) aren't we all? Her newest documentary, The Brink, was theatrically released in 2019 by Magnolia Pictures and is currently available on Hulu. She follows around Steve Bannon, former advisor to President Trump. It's incredible. Um, She also used to babysit for me.
1: Hell hell yeah, I did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining me. Allison, it's great to have you. I managed to get you. You're extremely busy. We were just talking before we hit record about um, about your work schedule. Is there a routine? I mean, you were up really late last night editing mm-hmm. to some degree. Yeah. Preparing yeah. to be in the edit room, so to speak. Um, I mean, what's? can you speak a little bit about your work ethic and what's required in order to, to get as much... Like, you do a lot of work. You're how old? You're 35?
1: Turning 35 tomorrow. So this last time, can we say I'm 34? You're 34. <laughs>
0: Thank you for joining us, 34-year-old Allison Clement. <laughs> so you have an, an immense body of work for somebody who's 34 years old. When did your first, how old were you when your first film came out?
1: Um, when it came out in 2012, that means I was 27. Turning, you know, I turned 28 late that year, but when it came out, I was 27.
0: So it's—I mean—it's a pretty impressive body of work for somebody your age, right? I mean, so I guess we were talking about what goes into it. Do you do you feel like your work, the amount of work that you're putting into these things, has increased over the years from age 27 till age
1: 34? I, um, I mean, I think. So the with film, it's really interesting. I mean, I think you have a big advantage. In a lot of ways, well, there's advantages at different stages in different ways. And there's a big advantage when you're younger because you can just, like, throw yourself into something. You're likely to have less kind of, you know, obligations. Certainly, like, you don't have a, you know, you're less likely to have a family. You're less likely to see yourself as someone who could otherwise be earning a ton of money doing whatever like especially if you're hungry and you're trying to make your first film it's like what else are you doing except you know you have you do whatever you do to survive to make money and then you put all your effort into making that film so it's a different kind of work I I feel like after I had my first feature and it was so successful in a way where I was like okay I think I could be a filmmaker like I've I've been around the block now. I've proven that I can do this for a living. People are treating me like I'm a filmmaker because I am because I made a film. That's what being a filmmaker is. But what does it mean to have a career? I knew nothing about it. All I knew was like I had put my heart and soul into making my first film. One movie. Um, Which also, I spent a lot more time on it than I really have on any other film. But that was in part because I didn't know how to make a movie and I didn't know what I was doing. I was working as a journalist... At the same time that I was, you know, starting the film with Ai Weiwei and, you know, I filmed with him over three years. Again, that's why also a lot of times in documentary people's first films are sometimes, you know, one of their most amazing films. Because, again, it's like they're just putting in all this effort. It's not it's not the same as like having having a career, you know, in quotes where you're also just trying to figure out, like, I make movies for a living as opposed to like this is this film that I jumped in because I had to make. Does that make sense? And I I had a lot of feelings about After Never Sorry that film, you know, where I was like, this meant it meant so much to me and it was both I think I did a good job, but also, you know, lightning in a bottle of like filming with someone and then their life really kind of becoming very the the stakes being raised, you know, getting more and more on an international yeah. stage at the same time. So it also it just felt like for all and someone who I started filming, I didn't know what he was like, I did come to really respect him and we're friends now I learned a lot from him and so all these things combined I was like man I'm never gonna have a movie like that again like how could you expect not everyone's gonna be like that and I think just the question of what does it mean to do this for a living um, you know and how do you find inspiration because you know that not everything is gonna be like that you know that was like that took me a few years of figuring figuring out how to be like, okay, this is what I do full-time. And now that I do do it full-time, it is different. And I still think you have these opportunities to make movies that mean a lot to you. Like, I do think this new movie, The Brink, I would put it up there with never sorry of feeling like it meant, it it challenged me. It means so much to me. I think it, like, I'm happy to, like, have made it to give to the world and to history Um, But, you know, those movies are like came out seven years apart. And, you know, I do a lot of other things besides just those movies. Now Um, it's a career. Yeah, now Uh, it's a career.
0: And so are you, I mean, you're in the editing room late at night. Like, do do you have any um, sort of uh, habits around when you work and when you get the best work done? Is it late at night?
1: I do think that um, I've always been someone who would rather who does good work later in the day, late at night. I sometimes feel like the middle of the day is like, oh, I want to like take a nap or something. Yeah, after lunch um, is like, I don't yeah, know, work after yeah, yeah, I feel like that's, you know, not really a great time. Um, but sometimes I, in the past, I've definitely felt like a kick around like 5 or 6 o'clock and then I could just ride that till, you know, 10, 11 anything that's after that means it's probably not ideal circumstances. So a lot of time like the reason I was working really late last night is also because my assistant editor was working those hours. I do think in the in in the film world and you know in the editing world people do kind of keep crazy hours or people are doing different jobs and so maybe for her that was like I know I've worked with her a bunch of times. I know that's when she prefers to work sometimes. Could be a side project. It could also be a side work. Yeah, I have people who are doing this, you know, and they have a couple projects, and they're like, I'll give you nights and weekends or something like that. And I do have this feeling, and I think that's part of the role as a director, it's like I'm sort of the captain of the team, right? And I, if, you know, if someone's, like, doing work, I mean, it doesn't mean I am always have to, like, be up. I mean, you know when it is. But in this project, it's a little bit of a labor of love. It's a short, it's not... It's, like, funded, but... it's current projects that you're working on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, it's a a half-hour film called Flower Punk about this Japanese artist Mm -hmm. who works with flowers. Um, And it's funded, but it's not funded to the tune of, you know, everybody is on full-time, right? Like, people are getting paid their full rate, but, like, we don't get to have a lot of their time. or, Or people are doing favors. So to me, it's like, if she's up now and she sends me something and she's going to be working for the next few hours, it's better if I just stay up, I review it, I send her back my notes. It's like capitalizing on, it's like keeping the machine running. Right, you're
0: a manager to some degree, and so when your people are working, you want them to be working, you need to give them the feedback they need in order to to continue. Yes,
1: and it really is, it's like, you know, it's ultimately for me and for the good of the film. And, you know, if I wanted to, I could have gotten up early and reviewed it so I also view it as like well either I stay up till 2.30 and then I sleep till 9 or it's like I go to bed now and then I get up at like 6.30 or 7. Right. I have as I've gotten older I'd mm-hmm. say but like I do also find myself usually like 7 a.m. is kind of the earliest that I do this but I have had a lot of mornings where it's like I go to sleep because I just my if it's creative work like finishing the brink the Steve Bannon movie I just remember a lot of nights like working all day on the edit and then having to review music cues at night. And basically I'd been doing it for weeks, if not months, where I was working around the clock with no days off because we turned around that film very fast. We shot through the midterms Mm -hmm. and then we debuted at Sundance. I mean, so we really only had a couple like two months in between. And I was getting so tired, and it, so, and I felt like I couldn't make those kinds of creative judgment calls of like, the music he was working, or no, here are my notes, basically after 10, 10.30, um, I remember this period, and I would just, they would be sending me stuff around 10, 11, 12, and I was just like, you will get the notes in the morning, and I would wake up maybe like 6.30 or 7, and I'd just get up and pick up my laptop, I'd still be like sitting in In bed bed. and put on headphones and just like start listening and thinking and like, just because I couldn't do it at night. Like my, my brain was like revolting. And that's why I started watching like reality TV and other things to wind down. (laughs) Yeah. I needed to turn off your brain. Totally. Yeah.
0: I, I find creative work for me, like, um, writing and stuff like that. If I get up at like 6.30 or something like that and everything is quiet and Mm -hmm. I just open my computer with the prompt ready, whatever it is, like the idea that I want to write about or something like that, it's like a blog post maybe. If I just do that, it's actually like my brain isn't fully on Mm -hmm. yet and so I don't have... I guess the blockages, like, I don't know how to describe it, like, the, the things that would be like, nah, you're, you're distracted by that, or don't write that, second guess that, yeah. whatever it is, you just kind of, at, at that hour, I can just throw shit onto the page and then edit it afterwards.
1: Which is really important to yeah. do. It's like getting out of your head, right? Yeah. And being much more instinctual.
0: Yeah. So when you wake up in the morning, I mean, do you have coffee right away? To something like... Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I used. To, I mean, maybe I still do this if it's if it's a day though where I don't have to work. A you unwant you open I, a little like, slower. Yeah, but if I'm like working out, I basically, um, you know, need coffee yeah. uh, or I want coffee, kind of early. I don't need breakfast always, which isn't a, good, a healthy habit. I know, but no, I, I don't like,
0: know. People are crazy about this intermittent fasting shit. <laughs> like, I actually don't really eat until like ten o'clock. I eat, I At try night, to go like, no, in the, in 10 the 10 morning. morning, but I now, I like I, the window in which I eat is like from 10 to 6 or 7 p.m. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: that's good. I, I can relate to that. I definitely feel like though this week there was one day where I just found myself that I had had three iced coffees and nothing to eat right. until, like, 5 or 6 p.m. It like increases rest, my anxiety. I feel like the rest of the week was, like, bad after that. I think that was actually a terrible. I was like, oh, it's good. I'm, like, not eating. But actually, And I didn't, like, overeat once I ate either, but it was still. And then I, like, drank a lot that night, too. I just yeah. think that was, like, a really not a good call. Yeah. <laughs> not a good call.
0: Steve Bannon drinks a lot of fucking caffeine. Oh, my and God, he's self, yes. he's a self uh, described workaholic I think I saw in the
1: film. Absolutely. Do, are, you le- yeah. are you anywhere near on his level? I will describe him as a workaholic. Are you anywhere
0: near on his level? Oh
1: fuck no. I mean he also is a an you know uh, an alcoholic. I mean he doesn't drink anymore and but he told me about, you know, being an alcoholic and going sober. I would imagine there was other substances involved at various points too. Um but the, so people always wanna ask like, oh did he does he still drink or, like, does he do drugs? I mean, I don't know what drugs he does, but, like, he definitely doesn't drink uh, alcohol. But I, And they're like, well, why does he look like the way he does? Like, he doesn't look healthy. I'm like, well, he's a very unhealthy man. I mean, just just the, the Red Bull and coffee alone. Right. And he'll still be do, go, doing it full speed. Like, that moment where he's, like, cracking a Red Bull and it's, like, 1130 at night, the collective, like spiritual sigh of, like, everyone around around him him is, like, and that's, I would, I honestly think that was, like, the main time I ever, the only time I ever felt, like, I had something in common with his, like, team was, like, that all of us were, like, fuck. Right. Like, just, 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 let's all go to sleep. Like, let's just be done with this, you know? But his team, they work for him, so they have to, like, up while he's up. Right. I could always leave, but, you know, the nature of that work, I was like, I don't want, if I'm in the room, I don't, I would never leave of my but it's, accord. It, I wait till I'm told I have to leave. It's
0: crazy because he's super successful and you almost, because you were following him around, you like adopted his lifestyle. And so I want. Well, you I'm, do
1: I, have to do that when you for follow sure, people. For sure. Yeah. And so
0: he's, but he's super successful, right? So And you're relatively successful mm-hmm. yourself, right? So like, it's interesting to me to think that you got some kind of glimpse of where that can go maybe too far or something like that scare the shit out of you to some, to, well, in some way? and
1: I thought, like, you know, with Ai Weiwei, too, he was really, always really interesting. And both of them, they're kind of the same age. I mean, I f- filmed Weiwei when he was in his late 50s and I guess Bannon as he's in his mid or late 60s. Yeah. Um, And Weiwei was an early riser and he would um, uh, work until basically lunch and then he would take the afternoons off and at the time I was filming him but I imagine it's his life is similar you know he would spend time with his newborn son and um, and you know I don't know if he was, would stay up that late at night he might even go to bed early but he would get up really early and yeah. that was like his rhythm hmm. um, and you know so I associated that with like creativity Success. and creativity. like you know just like someone who You know, and and it seemed kind of healthy, I thought, to, like, be, you know, I've always been kind of someone who likes to stay up late, and my dad does too, but I don't necessarily think of that as, like, a good thing, you know? Um, But, um, yeah, Bannon was someone who was more, like, you know, staying up really late. I never, I didn't really film with him early, and, uh, you know, I can't say as much about his morning, I filmed with him some mornings, but I can't say as much about his morning routine as I can, like, about his late night stuff.
0: Right. But did he ever, I mean, did you ever, like, did you ever catch him exercising? No.
1: No. And because as he got more famous or notorious, which I do think he really loved, um, he also, he said that he loves to, like, walk around and, you know, like, when we'd be in Europe or something, you know. And he said actually in D.C. that he would walk around and I had at first been like, oh, I'll, like, film you doing a walk maybe but he just felt because he was someone so notorious which also means hated that he he didn't feel like he could just like take walks when he was in Europe and thought less people would recognize him I think he did more but I think he also it felt like he was kind of like a captive of the thing that he really wanted though which was to be seen as this you know evil mastermind yeah. kind of behind the scenes ruler which which involves staying indoors yeah which <laughs> which is and i was like the whole movie i was like man it's just like a lot of interiors right beca- you know which is why i also would film all the time as you see like him getting in the plane, out of the plane, like in the cars. Like I wanted to give a sense of movement but like mostly oh, the yeah, interior. It's <laughs> him
0: it's him moving around for sure. Yeah. Though, but it's all inside.
1: Yeah. Sure. And yeah. then long days where it's just like he's sitting yeah. and like or, or standing maybe, but like in one room. And luckily it was usually like pretty expensive Hotels and right. things like that. But I, I, you know, and I'm not lighting because it was just me shooting alone and I didn't have a crew and I, didn't, you know, it's Verite. So I had a lot of sort of like insecurity about the footage looking not great in my mind. And the first time I showed it to my editor, Jen Finnerin, who's like a longtime collaborator, she was just a consultant on this film. But I remember I showed her and she was like, did you art direct this movie? Like, cause every shot had this like decadent wallpaper because right. it's in all these, like, you know, upper, European yeah. like
0: boutique hotels or whatever. Totally.
1: And even his own house. And I was like, Oh cool. Okay. It, cause in my mind it didn't, it, I, I didn't think about how that looked. And yeah. I was really happy that actually it, it comes off kind of like interesting spaces, even though it's just like ugly people sitting around a table. There's talking. a lot of wood
0: creaking. I feel like in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, you're really plugged into China, uh, you know, uh, do people in their, do, I know this might be a weird question, but do, what would you say about people in their thirties in China from the, like the workaholic perspective? Like, is there, I, I obviously, you know, it's tough to stereotype, but like, if you had to pull some thoughts together about it.
1: I mean, I think people in China overall, like, um, work really hard and people, um, will work all days. Like there's not as much respect for if you're working for someone, like there's not as much respect for like, okay, well that's your time. You know, like you're kind of on the company clock as it, as you exist, (laughs) I feel like. Um, and there's not really labor protections. So also people just generally work really hard. I think it's also society. I mean, now it's changing because people are going to be able to have two kids, but the generation that is in their thirties right now, uh, and was even when I was there in my twenties, I mean, they're, um, yeah, because, and a lot of people in their thirties, young thirties, when I was in my twenties, um, are part of the one child, uh, policy. And so that's a lot of pressure for people. You know, it's one kid who's responsible for all the generations above, you know, for for both of their parents, like if, and, and the social safety net of communist China, as it became more capitalist and now it's like hyper capitalism, you know, with state also with state rule, but it, um, you know, there's not a, that great of a safety net. So I also think people are working really hard and stressed for that, you know, because there's a big burden on them.
0: Yeah. Crazy. Um, and so when you followed around Steve Bannon and, I mean, it—it's it, one of those opportunities that you have to say yes to, right? Like, I, I, we don't have to get into how it came to you or something like that. But I mean, I—I I, I don't know. I mean, could you speak to that about the way these opportunities come and 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 like, what do you have boundaries on those things? I mean, it's, it's conceivably the more successful you get, the more the, the bigger these opportunities will. be get I mean you'll be following somebody else around like it's it kind know. of it removes you from your entire life like do you like yeah. that do you, you know
1: I yeah that it's a big thing because it's something I love about what I get to do but also I don't want to do it all the time because I also want to have my own life it right. is something that um, makes it hard for you to have your own life or it's really good I feel like my you know you want to have a life that allows you to go off and do this and that I think part of why I can succeed is because I feel pretty grounded in my, you know, relationships with family, with my husband, with my friends, even though probably it's, they don't love that I'm like gone all the time, you know, like in my head, it's like, oh, I like to see my friends like, yeah, but you're like always away. Right. <laughs> um, and that's not good, you know, uh, but for me, I think that that's why I can Go off and kind of embed in someone else's life, which is something I find really, it satisfies a great curiosity and like feeling of, you know, adventure or something in me. Um, but you can't, I, I don't want to do it all the time because it becomes impossible right. to have your own life. And right. it's, you know, it's like.
0: Like Steve, well you, you there's, there's a point in in the, in the documentary with Steve. With Steve. <laughs> um, where, Stevie Beans. Yeah, where you guys are talking about that. You're like, uh, you know, you, you talk about his personal life, I think, at one point.
1: Oh, yeah, and his answer is, what is a personal life? Right. Which I thought was the best encapsulation of how he sees his personal life. Because, like, yes, he has three daughters with and three ex-wives, and he's still close with his dad, but, like... I, I really, well, he has no life. I yeah, mean, you get I it. He's really always going like somewhere else. That's the truth. That's, like, the more essential truth of him. It's, right. You know? Um, and um, certainly that's not something that I would want for myself when I see that. And I feel like it, you can really compare it to the the flip side is when I was filming Ai Weiwei, again, which I always like to say, there's no reason to talk about these two men in the same sentence except for me. Like, right. <laughs> they're two very different people. You don't... If you know about one, you don't, like, need to know about the other. But, um... But you know, with Weiwei, I actually kind of had to push really hard to, um, have his son in the film, and he was just born right after I started filming, and it was kind of more private, it was also with a woman who wasn't his wife, and so there was, now this is all, like, not a sensitive subject, but in the beginning, he was, like, kind of had a lot to figure out, and, um, he was always like, oh, you can come meet him, and I, you know, but you know, maybe don't film. So I kind of waited a year to bring it up again. And I said, you know, I'd really like to film you guys together, even if it's just like one scene. And he was like, why do you keep bringing this up? Which was hilarious because I hadn't brought it up for a year straight up. Right. Um, but I was like, look, I'm making a movie about you right now. And to leave him out would be like, you know, that that I just know that that's not me doing a full job. He's changed your perspective on your work on your life, on what's important to you. You're doing all these artworks about school children who died in Sichuan. Right. Just as you're becoming a father for the first time. And he, when I said he spent, he would not work in the afternoons, he would go and spend time with his son. I was just like, that's like negligence on my part. And I have to fight for this, you know, like, and, and, and he did end up being part of the film and he's a huge part of Weiwei's life and social media presence and everything now. And so I'm really proud that like, it, you know If it was not in the film, it would have been really weird. And I, you, now it would make the film not seem as evergreen because I would have missed this big, important thing. Um, and then, so I know what that looks like when you're like, oh, family's important to someone and you have to figure out how to get it in the film respectfully, you know, respecting them. And so with Bannon, I could also tell. Like, and I filmed, I met his dad and I interviewed his dad. I filmed them together a little. I tried to film him with um, his older daughter, but you know I could I knew what it looked like when it's important so I also knew what it looked like when it wasn't important uh-huh. <laughs> like I was just like this is I don't think people need to see this to understand him better. I think that line, what is a personal life? Yeah. Which, And then he's like, I mean, I have golf. I was like, I, I've never seen you play golf. I've never right. heard of you playing golf, but okay, cool. The idea of golf you is know, very dear to them. Yeah. yeah, like, so I think that that is really hilarious. But your original question was how these things, like, come to me. And I do think even, like, now, yes, I do get, um, like, people seek me out and with these opportunities um, in all kinds of different ways.
0: Well, I imagine you starting to say no to stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Like and you I, have to I, really control what what you do.
1: Yeah, I definitely and it, and I really do follow it based on like I think it ends up being something that's like a gut thing, but I I learned many years ago, I got this advice and I think it's still good, although I wrestle with it, but I think it's good advice. You know, just like always take the call. You know what I mean? Like when I get pitched things, like there's a certain maybe threshold of stuff where I'm just not interested in like both the opportunity, the person bringing it to me, if all of it's sort of like below a certain threshold of what I, you know, if I know I'm never going to do it and I, you know, or, or whatever, maybe I don't engage. But there's like a big range where I think it's, you know, why start by saying no and never even having the conversation? Like have the conversation. Maybe it's not going to work out, but this producer or executive or, you know, whatever is like someone who will, you know, will be be interesting or you'll end up doing something else together. So kind of like, you know, when it makes sense, like still do the call. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something for me that I like love that feeling, like the feeling of like in email in my in- inbox. It's like
0: oh, the feeling po- of opportunity. possible project. I love that. Yeah. I like
1: really get into it. I just love this th- thought that like. Maybe this random email random phone call yeah. or it could be from someone I know for a long time, but just the idea it comes out of nowhere is gonna set me off on yeah. the next thing I just in read my life. something <laughs> that
0: the the guy this this the guy who joined C- Travis Kalanick to found Uber mm-hmm. was like he joined as an intern because he saw a tweet he yeah. was like we need a, we need an intern he was 26 years old he responded to the tweet yeah it was a one billion dollar at mention, you know what I mean? It's, fucking crazy
1: yeah and i think that stuff i guess i like to believe i like to think that that's how the world runs and there's plenty of evidence that i mean it's all in your outlook right but i'd like to think that that's how it is and i think how i you know it's not as you know there's a lot in between the that ad and the person responding and then it happening right it's like about you making informed calculated choices and also trusting your gut and it's not but it can kind of come all down to like being open to this idea that like there's opportunity and also seeing what seeing what it's going to end up in your mind, you know, like, oh, there's a version of this that I'm interested in. And then you kind of continue to engage with this possible project, trying to figure out is it is is this going to
0: end up where I think it's like
1: like, does it have the right uh, partners, like in you know, in documentary, like is the subject the way I, you know, am, am I going to get the access that I would need to do it this way? Like, is the story likely to be what I think it is? I also think my favorite thing is when I genuinely there's a part of it that I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. To me, that's like the best form of documentary. And I think again, doing things as a career, there's more work that I do among the spectrum of my work because I also do commercials and stuff. There's like a range of things where it's like. You know, you can, You know, we're. I know we're only. We're only going to shoot for a year. It's not some like big open ended whatever, or it's like a commercial and it's like incredibly scripted and there's very little discovery. Right. You know, so um, do
0: you need you need to allocate like a certain percentage to things that have it like um, indefinite possibilities or whatever?
1: Yeah, that's what I think, and that's what I think the big, the big like works are. And I even treated like I like take your pills, the Netflix original. I mean, the idea was, my. A friend of a friend who, I mean, is now my friend, but, you know, originally that's how I met her, but she was, works at Netflix and she called me and was like, you know, uh, Maria Shriver uh, and her daughter, Christina Schwarzenegger, like, have been talking to us about uh, wanting to do a documentary about stimulants, and you know, Adderall, Ritalin, you know, stuff like that in America. Like, that's the idea. It's not right. much more foreign than that. Would that, We're trying to find a director. Would that be interesting to you? Um and i would say even that one was something where i was like you can you know what you know the topic but what what is the what are the questions you're going to ask and like what are the kind which is going to lead what kind of answers the film might you know possibly provide in the end i think the best films just give you better questions you know like mm. frame things for you in that way so that's the kind of work that i like so even something like that i was looking at it in a way where i think i tried to make it bigger or more complicated maybe you know um
0: and do you have a system for like or is it just mostly gut decision making
1: yeah
0: there's no you, don't, I have think a, you it, don't have a system it's not positive. really
1: a system i think it's about also feeling like you like for me a big part is also who i'm working with to make a movie like yes if there was some opportunity that was like the dream thing, but there's, you know, I have to work with bad people. Like, I'm sure there could be a situation where I'd be like, all right, I'm going to grit my teeth and do it or something. But I think ideally life is short. Like, you know, I also work in an industry where I can work with friends a lot of the time, you know, creative friends or friends you make along the way. And like, as you have a new project, you can staff up. So I like want to bring along the people that I like working with. I love expanding the People, you know the the list of the, who those people are. Well, but as the
0: project gets bigger, it's gonna be the, one of the fun parts, right? It's yeah, it is. Somebody have to like, yo, this thing is getting legs, and we gotta. And the hard thing though it. is
1: like finding out that you know, wanting people to be free. You know what I mean? Like it's like my friends again, like my favorite collaborators. It's sort of, and it's kind of nice. I think people like working with me too. Um, I, and I and so sometimes we have a thing where it's like they might just tell me like, hey someone made another off, like someone offered me this gig, just letting you know. Cause like, if you have anything for me, I'd work with you, <laughs> you know, which I, which I appreciate. And I think like, you know, uh, sometimes you honestly, the brink, like I had the best team. And if I had gotten cash flowed like four months earlier, which didn't, um, didn't happen. Cause it took so long to get Bannon to sign the release. Um, <laughs> and like, I would have had a totally different team because I had, like, a certain list of people, but, like, they all had, they all jumped on other projects that had them, like, busy. Right. Um, But that's why you also need a deep bench. Like, you know, you can't just have, unless you are someone who's just going to do work, just have work all the time and feed the beast. Like, you create a production company and you have standing staff, and then you just need to, like, work in order to keep everyone employed and is that in the cards do you think i don't know that's like one of the things as i look forward you know to consider like do you
0: do like 10 year plans in any way like or you think about that kind of stuff or it's just sort of the ball is rolling and we're gonna see where it goes i
1: want to like move to being more intentional with stuff i and so it's not so much of a plan but as like trying to have i'm always looking to like expand my skill set or the kinds of projects I'm doing.
0: Like, you'll you'll take a project specifically because it challenges yes. something that you don't, you're not an, an expert at. Yeah,
1: anything. and it might then make people look back. I mean, the fun thing is then to look back and be like, what makes my body of work? Because I'm like, you know, I do, I have done pretty, like different things or not everything is topically the same i would say they're very different All but also that's because who wants to make the same movie over and over again right. it's like i made that movie and because i do do things to challenge myself and... is there
0: other areas of your life besides filmmaking where you do that like even just like mm-hmm. i you know a I, there's question. a story where it's like there's a guy that i saw talking about holding a case of beer in his hand he picked the longer line to stand on at the grocery store because it was a challenge yeah so I mean are there things like that in your life do you think that you uh... I
1: think I'm trying to be someone like that I mean like moving to I do think I'm when things are gonna also help me in my filmmaking which you could call my work you could also call my like art it is kind of also just like life overall yeah um I don't want it to be like in an unhealthy way where it's like it's my work which is everything, but it's like you know it's I also work at spend something. Spend a lot of time li- doing it. Yeah, it's like work that um, also uh, it's like work, but it doesn't feel like work because it's my projects. Even when it's like a project comes from somewhere else, that you know, some work that I do is just work, and then I try to spend as little time on it as possible for right. maximal pay. And then other things, you know, you um, you know, it's your life, but. I, so I do try to challenge myself and expand my skill set, and I like it when it's in ways that are going to add to things I can do film-wise as well. So totally, like, I, but language? I wanted, or Yeah, like, I mean, well, I went to... I mean, I didn't know I was going to really get to become a filmmaker or do journalism, but right. I moved after college. I just moved to China, and I did feel like the big thing, I was like, I want to be somewhere, I want to learn a new language, and, right. like, be in situations where... I have to do it. Um, This summer, my, like, thing that I was doing, because I, actually this summer I was feeling like, you know, I had a dinner with some friends, actually friends from Beijing, like expats who now we all live in the States um, again. And I was like, let's all do something this summer that's, like, out of our comfort zone or, like, learn something new or do something, whatever. And we were trying to come up. And I did my thing, uh, which was to take an acting class. Really, which I did. So I've I'm still doing it. I've been doing it for like two months. It's Meisner technique. It's basically like public therapy. I just like go and you know, cry and scream and hit walls. No, <laughs> um, but
0: do do you feel some kind of like release after each oh, class?
1: And it's it has changed my life. Not to be like totally cliche, but it's but I also mean that in in a lot of different ways. Like that thing we were talking about earlier about like getting out of your head. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the slogan of this technique. Um, I don't know if I like What's Black the technique exactly? Meisner. And I don't the way I would describe it, well why I find it fascinating is it's like and everyone in the class is a working or aspiring like actor mm-hmm. who otherwise has a day job. Um, you know, or a survival job kind of. And so they're all, you know, it's not like some exercise for them. They're like oh, trying to be yeah. a better actor. Yeah. But the way this works is like it's trying to make you better, better at being yourself and fi- and getting over your own shit to just like know how to be yourself and be inst- instinctual and recognize if you have problems, but like kind of not, not get trapped by them, so that you can be better in imaginary circumstances and being like playing somebody that's not you. If that like makes you,
0: sense. Y- so you need to have all of your shit under control and be completely in touch with who you are as a person in order to put that aside and be another person
1: i guess that's sort of the ideal i would say i mean no one probably has all their shit under control but like you can tell where kevin spacey's a phenomenal (laughs) and be right (laughs) exactly shit is shit like it's like getting i think it's also the ability to be in the moment. Part of it is to be in touch with yourself. And again, we can debate whether there's a, like, true self. I mean, that's an interesting concept. But but also so that you can be present with your scene partner, with the other actor. And I think that's the big goal. And most of the things we do in class are, like, uh, activities and improv. It, it, it's not improv, but, like, they are improvised. It's just, like, repetition, improvised scenes. But it's always with two people. And part of the point is to, like not be trying to, like, be some showy version of yourself that's, like, only in your head, but, like, being there and, like...
0: Being present with the other person. Yeah,
1: and it does make people better actors. I've, like, watched it. I mean, I think it's amazing. Suddenly something can get created. And you could be a great actor in some ways and still be really bad at this technique and Mm. have to, like, learn it because it's not... It's not... It's it's something you have to learn. It's a weird way of being. It sounds like
0: meditation acting
1: but but it's and therapy and I think and like therapy. therapy um and I think like but I've seen it change like me in situations where and I think it's just the fact of me doing the class and because it scares me a lot like just being there is like intimidating that's that that's it makes good. me feel power like in other circumstances because people were always saying to me like I was scared to jump off a, like a at, at a swimming hole, like, at a quarry, like, swimming place in Maine, and it was, like, kind of high, and I don't really like heights like that, and I was afraid to jump off, and my friend was like you like, you made the brink, like, you followed Bannon for a year, like, this is way easier than that. Right. But I'm like, no, it's really not apples to apples, and I'm still, like, kind of, like, crying and having a panic attack about jumping off this thing, but actually, like, channeling some of the stuff about, like, but, yeah, you've been going in front of strangers and, like, being bad at something or, like, being vulnerable and, and you keep going back even though you don't have to. Right. That and then being, like, plus the technique of just being, like, and just shut it off. Get out of your head. One, two, three, jump. Like, that was what got me to, like, you know. To jump. To jump. And so I'm excited about that. And I think it's helping in my, like, writing because one of my goals is to, like, do a scripted project. Really? And I've been writing a screenplay. And I do see how it's made the writing better because I think I understand better what actors go through, which is was really professionally the reason I was doing the class was to understand actors better.
0: When, when do you work on the screenplay?
1: There, So I had a period. It's something I've written and rewritten over many years. Um, Colin and I have been doing it, my husband Colin and I. And at times we've worked with other writers, one who was really helpful, one who was very really nice guy but like didn't get the project and that you know so I learned from those experiences that no one else is going to write this script like you you know when I do find even with my own films too the ones they get good when I'm like fully invested you know doing the work paying most attention you can't like outsource your work you know in this way like my films it's I feel like I feel myself on every decision by the end you know but there's a lot of heavy lifting that everyone else does but I feel like you know, it's mine because I care, I like care. about. You care it. the most about yeah. it. Yeah. And, yeah. And you always will. Yeah. Like and other people aren't going to care more than Right. We were do. talking
0: before we hit record about if you're a perfectionist or not. And you're saying it's not that you're a perfectionist, but it's that you care the most probably.
1: Yeah. I don't, and I really don't think I'm a, cause I'm so, I also feel like I can be so sloppy and lazy and like not be a perfectionist, but.
0: But you're thinking about it night and day. That's yeah. the difference. Like it's.
1: And I would be so sad if I was doing work that I didn't feel that way about, I think. Like, then I would have this other problem, which would be, like, wondering what what am I doing? You know what I mean? What do you like, think about
0: people who who can do that or who do do that? I mean, it's I a lot it, of the world. Right? I know.
1: And, but like, Colin and I talk about that a lot, too. I think it is a lot of the world. And I think we're not those people. And... And I, and I think that's why, you know, maybe, maybe it's easier to, you know, and I've, yeah, I think that's why we, it's like something that we can connect on that we like, like to uh, talk about the ideas of things and that's part of our work, but it's also just like what we talk about at home. I mean, like, it's not great to like work all the time, but just being engaged with and caring about what you do in that way and not it's seeing like it, it as like work yeah. And, yeah and not seeing it as, it's a like the job itself isn't about, I mean, the job is about making money. Like I want to make money and like money is like good to have a life that you want, but it's not like the job is to do the work of the, you know, that you have your, pro- it, the job is to do your projects and you just hope you can get like, and you want to get paid really well for it. Right. But it's not about like, I do a job so that I can make a lot of money so that then I can use that money to have the good life. It's like kind of, the, the money
0: comes because you're committed to this project that you're passionate about.
1: I mean, that's the dream. Is that's like the dream. you know, and do we you... keep talking about the Avengers money. You know, I want to get to that place where people yeah. are like really paying me, you know, crazy amounts to us. do
0: your dream. But do you do you connect with that on a deeper level? Like this is what I'm giving to the world or something like that. I mean, do you think, connect with it on a spiritual level at all?
1: I I and I'm someone who studied history. And so, and, and I think documentary, like, f- falls in that, in you know, on a spectrum of, like, history, journalism, art, entertainment, it's, like, kind of all of these things, and so some of my work, I mean, the, I do feel that way about my works uh, that are, about my films, that they, I, you know, I, to be honest, like, you know, I, I think I have a pretty, my head on straight about what I'm doing when I'm doing it, and I think the projects that are, like, my films I think of as I, yeah, I do think of them as like for the world. I also, you know, when I do other kinds of work, if it's just for money, I know that it's for money. And, and, um, I, cause I feel fulfilled in other ways. So I know when something's a job and I have a client, like it's, I don't get confused by that. And I can pretty easily let go. My main thing though, is like, I want my, you know, my crew and my team has to all be treated well. And if, which I often am, like, and the talent, whether it's real people or actors, whatever, they also, they have to be treated with respect. Like, I don't kind of schluff off that just because it's, you know, a job for a client. But um, but otherwise, I'm, like, I, it's good practice and, like, not, that's why I know I'm not a perfectionist. You, you kind of do your job to the point and then there's no point in arguing about things that you can't, you know, fighting for things that you can't control and you kind of, like, know what the job is. But when it's like my films, like, yeah, I probably will, um, you know, push hard because I feel like I, I do feel like I'm saying something with all of them and I think I'm like exploring something Mm -hmm. and I'm hopefully telling a story or putting together an argument or whatever that I think, you know, doesn't exist already in the world. Like, I don't want to make a movie that I feel like this doesn't need to be made. And that's, like, would be one of the criteria if I'm, like, this doesn't... I don't see how this is a movie or, like... The world doesn't or, need this. Or, like, yeah, or, like, it's already been... Di- it's it's like another kind of, another it's one out, of it's, it's this. It's out yeah. there already, you yeah. know? Um, and then there's, like, my own interests where I might be, like, I just don't care about this. There's also some things where I feel like, oh, I, that feels exploitative or, like, I'm not comfortable. There's a lot of, like, true crime stuff out there. and Sure. Um, it's just for, for like, I, me, like, a lot of the times when things come to me I'm like it's just my preference I'm not as comfortable with uh like you know if I if I think something's really gonna like pursue justice that's one thing if it's like taking someone's pain and turning it into entertainment that's like another thing right um so yeah so there's like all those questions yeah. But that, does it sound egomania? Cause like, like I definitely do think the work I do, I do feel like I'm like this is for the world. And then it really sucks because everything's so noisy, and you're like, ugh. But like, has have has anybody seen it? Or like, you know, will it? You know, it's one of so many things. So it's not like I think like have have this hype. You know, like I'm g- giving it like Moses on the mountain or something. But you know, I I liked I'd like to think that these things that's the
0: that's the big thing is you want people
1: to like see it you know like that that is the final step in what I like about filmmaking it's like and then I want a lot of people to see it (laughs) like uh, because you know not just not for like ego but because you're like otherwise what was the point like you make a film to be seen you make you write music to be heard like you know you want it's a relationship with the audience
0: and there's no, but there's no part of it where you're creating for the sake of creating. It doesn't matter what the, what the audience.
1: Probably is that not. That's probably just not me. That's, that's not, not you. you know, um, that's where I'm like, you know, the art is like, that's why, I mean, I do embrace the idea of that my like work is also art, but it's not only art and like, um, and that it's for me, but. In the like, end, it's also entertainment. It's a movie. Like, you have to recognize the form of the art that you're making. Well, it's also, and also for, supposed to
0: influence people. I mean, Take Your Pills is, a, like, can uh, probably influence people to think about their Adderall I, I consumption. Mean, the
1: amazing thing about that film and, like, it... or it, it, Ai Weiwei it, is an extremely inspired. It scared, yeah, and, like, even with Take Your Pills, I meet people all the time who say that... Uh, at their like school, hospital, like rehab place, like people recommend it. And like, that's amazing. And not why uh, I'm... Before made, you not consider
0: I, taking this stuff, watch this.
1: Yeah, or just like, yeah. And, and for all kinds of ways, or are people who have been addicted and dealing with it and saying, oh, I saw myself in it. It was also really... Con- funnily enough, that one was like probably one of the more controversial ones, like where I got a lot of heat on the right. internet. Also because it was... Netflix original, uses yeah, because it touches everybody, which is why even though it wasn't a topic that was like on my standing list or my slate of like ideas I had, it was you know this was not a, on it. But then I I was interested because it felt like it touched so many people. Yeah. And I had a lot of questions. Um, and I thought there was an opportunity because of the way I made it. As you see, I mean, it's not a question. It's not about. I mean, a lot of the heat was really people, reacting to. The movie, it wasn't, which is like, you're questioning my ADD or ADHD, which was like the thing I was the most, I thought was the biggest like third rail of that film. And I was like, this isn't for me. I didn't want to make a movie about the diagnosis. It's a movie about the drugs. Right. Right. And so it's the story of the drugs. It's the story about people's relationship to the drugs and the movie certainly doesn't question anybody's diagnosis because I, that was the thing I was really uncomfortable with. I'm like, I'm a filmmaker, not your doctor. Right. But at the same time, there are a lot of people's stories that, you know, were really valuable. I thought about their experiences to get out there and the people should talk about it more to help get rid of some of that stigma. Um, And so, yeah, that movie ended up being one where like there's a big pharma lobby and ADD ADHD kind of lobby and it came out on Netflix in like you know worldwide and was promoted pretty well on the platform when it came out and uh that was like really intense but also it's kind of great like you kind of want i mean you want like now that it's not like a firestorm and it's more just like people having strong opinions but also seeing that it's being seen a lot and used a lot that's is like i live for that like people, anyone, anyone who ever wants to like when i get notes from people and i do like when i get notes from people because of they've seen a movie you know that feels really really good that is kind of
0: is there a documentary the that you think somebody else made that's like the 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 holy grail of like this type of in, inspiring people to act or think or whatever
1: i mean i think to me the best documentaries it's more about the person, the change it makes inside. It's like the you know it's the kind of Jewish saying of like you know you save one person's life, you save the world. Like right. just because I don't think of the films I do as like persuasion or or propaganda, I think they have a strong point of view because I know they do because I made them. Right. But I and I try to show some level of objectivity because I think that that's important as a communication strategy because if it seems very Michael Moore, just to use a shorthand, not sure. to like denigrate him, but it's like that's that's like you, you clock it as like, oh, this is one kind of movie. And I think mine feel more, you know, feel like they're fair, fair and report like the way that they treat the subject. But, um, you know, I have, a, I have a point of view, right? Why make movies if you don't have a point of view? Like, please don't do that, or don't also don't be a journalist if you don't have a point of view. Like, I think you should know. You should have an operating principle behind like, how the what, how you think the world works. You know, powerful people are one thing. Like you know, people who are, uh, you know, people who don't have agent like power. It's another thing. Like you like not everything in the world is the same. Like the whole both sides stuff. Like it's not well, not everything not, it, is equal. It, in it feels the world. like
0: collectively everyone is like, why can't we have journalism that's fair and balanced? But you believe that it should be. It should take point
1: of view I think uh, because I think it's made by people right. and there's no such thing And there's it's the a, same, same as politics human it's the same as like the legal system too the idea that like the supreme court are nine people who right. have no politics right. I just think that's a f- that's, they also it's a f- it's a go fallacy. to the bathroom and wipe their ass yeah it's a fallacy <laughs> so again I'm not saying like be partisan but it's like be, like sh- own what your perspective is and then let people like decide people also have some respect for I think pretending that some things are... Pretending that Fox News is fair and balanced is actually a a deception, you know? As opposed to say what you are and then, like, people can take it and understand what it is, you know what I mean? Like, just don't... I I just think that there's, you know... And journalism is different than documentary, um, you know, so I feel like I have more freedom to, like, be that way. But it doesn't mean you're like, this is my team and I'm always voting for this team, but it's more like, oh... I believe that the world, like, that there's systemic injustice in the world. Like, I know what I I I know what I believe from what I know about the world, and I'm going to make movies based on that. I don't go into a, a movie and say, I'm a blank slate now. Yeah. You know, but I do go into a movie and say, I don't know about this topic, or I don't know this person. Let me find out about them. But I, like, bring a worldview. I bring, like, ideas of right and wrong and true and false, like, to, to it. And I recognize that in the world, people don't always share that same, those same ideas of right and wrong and true and false, but like, that's okay. You can't make a movie that's for every, you can't make a movie. that's for everyone. You can only make a movie from your point of view, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know why we got on that topic, but, um, uh, are
0: there any more hobbies that have influenced you? Like, uh, this acting class that you do?
1: I think play you. I mean, you knew me growing up. So playing piano for like well, i more, more 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 than you do thing. now
0: than anything. Do do you, do you still play from time to time?
1: Like pretty infrequently, but I do. I like have a keyboard in my bedroom, and I do feel like I'm getting to uh, express myself when I sit down and practice stuff that I know. What are other like hobbies? I mean traveling I like traveling going to see theater going to see movies going to concerts um, all of that you know when I feel how do you how do you free, decide
0: what you're gonna consume there's so much crap
1: there's so much crap how, how
0: do you navigate and I that? feel
1: that I mean like I come from a pretty probably like judgy place I don't come from like an open place like especially with music with concerts I feel like I'm like really... I'm not, and I do think it's effective. Maybe when I was younger, I'd be like a little more willing to just be like, I'll just check it out. But now I'm like, no, I want to know if I'm going to think it's good because I don't like being at a concert. When well, your I,
0: time is pretty valuable yeah, now, right? I don't like, yeah.
1: Um, but I think, um, you know, I read. What other, you know? I like read reviews. I like talk I to friends. How do you decide what
0: reviews to read? Even you know, like I just I used to rely on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh yeah. And yeah. now I don't. No, yeah, rely you shouldn't. Because
1: you because you understand how Dave it's, Chappelle
0: got a zero yeah. percent on the latest special.
1: Well, you can understand also. It's about a percentage of people who gave something like sixty percent or more. It's, and. Anyway, it's just, it's just, it's the same as honestly like awards, like the Oscars, like the best movie is like you look at who the people are who voted for it and like what studios have what money for advertising. It's like once you realize what things are for like awards or something like Rotten Tomatoes, it's like suddenly you are like, I mean, that's kind of garbage. So what, what does make something good? I think it's like people who you like other things that they like or you trust their opinion. I... I'm on Twitter a lot, and I feel like I follow also lots of journalists, activists, but also I follow like culture writers, and you know I probably read a few pieces or like also get a sense of what the conversation is online. I love watching trailers. I um, love watching shows. Trailers. Um, trailers, trailers is into like it. the best thing. I feel
0: like I don't have to watch movies because <laughs> I watch I, I'm up on all the trailers. And if
1: a trailer is, I mean, just because a trailer's great doesn't mean the movie's great, but if a trailer is bad, I'm like. Trailer, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, so I do think it's about like people who you trust their taste in other ways, and if they like it, and um, yeah, but theater, I would say we go to. A lot, I would go to. I go to a lot of theater, and it's not all, you know, and sometimes it's bad. But I think theater is something. It's one of those things. I live in New York, and I feel like that is a some an advantage of you know for of that of. Being in a city like that is getting to see theater, seeing things that work that don't work. I just like the immediacy of it. It's, you know, different. A movie you can, like, watch any time.
0: Right. Well, it's part of the experience is being in the theater. It's more old-timey, if I could say that, which is strange, but, like...
1: And I feel like that's something. where I've gone when it's a critic's pick and not liked something. Mm. I've also gone when its previews and the reviews haven't even gone up just because I'm like, that seems like it could be a cool show and you know it's just it's one of the things that i choose to to go and be willing to have a time and come out and talk about it and yeah it just feels special yeah whereas like if i was going to go to a movie i might be like mm, not that movie or like mm, you know i'm not going to go to that concert I yeah don't know why.
0: do you ever have imposter syndrome do you know what that is
1: yeah um i think everybody has it has anybody told you that they didn't i mean
0: I don't know I mean I have it yeah.
1: it's it's I just from seeing friends in in um other fields too knowing academics like Colin oh man people suffer from it so hard uh but like uniformly I am someone who really though gets I don't I don't get trapped by that I mean I think everybody can feel it um I like sometimes wish I was more um what's the word that I was you also get you get plenty of rejection in what I do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, probably, probably more. there's even more if you're in different parts of my field. But, like, you know, I apply for things I don't get. Like, f- the film gets rejected from things. You don't get nominated for things. There's That's plenty, good practice, that there's, kind of shit. There's huh? plenty of things you don't. And so what I try to do is there is a part of me that when I don't get something that I feel like, ah. Oh, like, I'm not good. Like, as if I, 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 I don't want to give it so much power just because, you know, this film didn't get into Sundance that, like, then it means it wasn't good. Like, some, I feel like I try to work on... I don't know if it, that makes me be like, I'm an imposter, but it makes me be like, this work wasn't good as opposed to, like, well, screw it. Somebody didn't like it or there's politics or they didn't have room or whatever. Like, I don't immediately go to excuses, which would be bad, too, I think, if you're like, oh... Fuck them, you know.
0: Right. Um, it, it causes but, you to look critically but it, at it.
1: It does, and I feel like that's also giving all these different gatekeepers, or you know, or t- you know, people in the industry. Like, it gives them a lot of power for them to suddenly make me question so much. Um, but I think with a project like so, it does. Like, I I'm insecure enough that I do feel like once a film is on its feet and and it's starting to do stuff in the world. Because really, I feel good about all my films. Maybe that I don't know. Like, I think you you always feel like they can be better, and then there's a point where I'm like, okay, we've did we did it, we did what we could with the time that we have. You have to like finish things, and I generally don't have regrets about my my work. Where I look back and I'm like, ah. Oh, do you have regrets in
0: general, or do you tend to look forward as a?
1: I think I look. F- I think I look forward. I think I can like stew on rejections. Like I think then. Which isn't as much regret as just like, again, giving a rejection so much power, which I want to work on because, you know, that's just one yeah. opinion. And also you're going to get it all the time and right. not everything, you know, what, what kind of person just goes through life and everything is perfect for them. Um, People who do
0: eventually get rejected. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, And but I so I think like the other thing is I get inspired by bad work. A lot because of yours or just come on, I don't have bad work. No, just kidding. Of like, of other people's because I think that helps with any. For me, something that counteracts imposter syndrome is just a reminder that like
0: Martin Scorsese is a human being as well.
1: Yeah, and like or like this this shitty book got made got published. This shitty movie got made. I kind of love like I've never really been someone. I know some people who like. I mean, I get inspired by amazing by films and books and theater and when I do and it hits me real hard and I can get really inspired and I can even get inspired by like just more more pedestrian things like yes oh my god Billy I Billy uh, Eichner like made brought me so much joy I could have like especially right after Trump got elected it was like the main thing that I consumed that I thought like Brought me joy in life. And there, like there's Billy some. Billy on the street. Yeah, or something. yeah. Yeah. I just. It it just made me like. Yes. This is the world that I. Love and want. And like. He is. He is bringing it to me. And what a time to be alive. And, and he's. And whatever. So I can. Yes. I. So I can get really inspired from anywhere. But I do. But to me. It's not about watching the greats to get inspiration for my work. I honestly feel like it's like seeing like mediocre stuff because then it makes me feel like I'm allowed to do this too. There's no reason. I'm not like, wait, you don't have to be a genius to like deserve to make something in the world. I think that's like a, you know, something that could really keep people down if they're like, well, but I'm not good enough. And like, instead of focusing on them, not good enough. Just what is good enough? Well,
0: So what's the secret is just to get it done. Yes. That's it. You believe that. You've experienced that. You live that.
1: A hundred percent. The difference between... Just get it across the finish line. The difference between, like, you and someone who wrote a book is they wrote a book. The difference between you and someone who made a movie is they made a movie. I mean, you do have to finish things and put it out there. And, like, maybe bad. But also, like, then you did it. And also, then there's always the next thing. I mean, I feel like... I, I say it as if it's really easy for me. It's not. Like, there is a part of me that, like I said, after Never Sorry, I was like, really, I was... I was just filled with this feeling like I'm never going to do something that could be that big ever again or good. Or like that was like my one chance or like, I mean, those voices can be there. Um, But I feel like the more productive thing is to like, you know, and, and as you're getting ready to put a new thing out there, it's very much like, Oh no. What if they're like, Oh, she's not actually that good. Like, look, the, you know, that one was good. This one isn't. And now no one's going to talk to me. And you just really have to like not get paralyzed by that stuff. And just like, and 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 the worst thing is to hold on to a project or, and never finish it. I mean that is like really bad. You like just need to like.
0: Th- that's be- just as bad as as bad as not starting. Yeah, around.
1: and because like you don't get any like, the thing only matters if it's like done and out there. And like, the the scary thing is maybe then it still doesn't matter. And then that sucks. But like it being almost finished is just not. It's not good for anyone. In
0: today's day and age, it's easier than ever to get things out there. I know. I wonder if that makes it that much scarier to some people. Well,
1: I think one of the... Perfect- like, I'm a
0: podcasting. I mean, it's the easiest thing in the world now, but it took me... I, I wanted to do it, and then a year later I started doing it,
1: Yeah. You know? Well, and once you've started, and then you realize it's like, actually, once you have a few under your belt, then it's really going to oh, feel yeah. like something, right? Like, yeah. that's how you feel now. Like, But the point is you can't get to that point until you do the first one, and it's still... On it. I think that is one of the scariest things: is like doing great work and it not, and it not having the impact that you want. And that's really like you can.
0: That scares you.
1: Yeah, I think that just sucks for like everyone, you know. Yeah. Like.
0: But that's a failure that you have to pick yourself back from. Back up from, you know. And just that's the same.
1: And that's one of the calculations I make too about what is, what kinds of project and what's worth my time, because it is like. I don't want to, you know, bleed for something that's just then going to be like thrown up on a streaming service with no fanfare and no one like cares about it. I mean, I'm not saying I won't make things, but it's like I'm not going to bleed for that because like like that doesn't deserve my blood, you know. And I think like that is one of the things in my world. I I think the calculations is like also how do you think this movie is going to or this series or short, you know how's it going to be in the world and like what it, how hard are you gonna how how much are you going to kill yourself for it and like that's
0: the measure for any of these stuff is how, well, I just how think much you, you're going to bleed for something. and
1: i think you should like be try to be realistic about it because it would be really painful you know if like if i had a project and i was like this is, i feel the way about this that i do about you know my my most important works so like i would be very careful about what I do and then there I have some projects about who I would give it to how I would let it be financed or bought and distributed I'd be trying to make it as you know as big and treated like like my baby not to use the annoying analogy but you know like it's like it's the it's like this precious thing you made but then there are other works where I'm like yeah that would just be fun and I just want to make it and I don't and I don't feel like it's still my you know this thing I worked hard and I'll still have these nights because I think, I don't know how you don't have nights where you're yeah. up at 2.30 a.m. But it's, like, not the same thing where, like, you're just like, okay, that's out there now. And, yeah. like, just be able to be, like, it's there, it's doing its thing. Not every movie is, like, everyone has to, like, sit down and pay attention and, I don't know.
0: Do you, do you think about building a, a family in the near future?
1: Yeah. And you don't have to answer that necessarily. No. Um, yeah.
0: Do they, Are you, like, do, do you think... I'm going to be a I family know. and I'm going to be able to bleed the same
1: way. I, yeah. I mean, I've like seen from friends how they make it work or it definitely changes. And I think you have to have work that is also state more stable and predictable. And I do think already just naturally, I think my career has that worked out again. Cause I don't only make movies where I just follow people and like I have projects. I, or, that are more manageable. I have commercials that are, I mean, those come up kind of quickly, but again, it's minimal amount of days and for a good amount of money. And, um, I wasn't necessarily doing all that in order to have a family. It just felt like it was a more stable, smart way to live. And when I looked at people in my field who were successful, who were 10 years, 20 years, 30 years older than me, they all make commercials. So I was like, okay, that's clearly how you make a living in this, and I tried to figure out how to do, how to get, break into that side of the industry. Yeah. But I think part of it is, like, that will help so that, you know, if I have a kid. I, it scares me to have a kid because I'm, like, uh, my life is very unpredictable. And, like, you know. You can't go
0: follow Bannon around for a few months with, <laughs> you, with No,
1: me. and, like, every week. I mean, I don't even have, like, standard week Like, every week is different. Right. Um, and sometimes I know what my week is going to look like and sometimes I don't.
0: When you're away on these long stretches, do you have, do you and your husband have a strategy for sort of maintaining your relationship in some way? I mean, is it thought out or is it kind of like you're, you're figuring out as you go?
1: We, like, from when we first started dating, there were, we've always had times where we were, like, living in different countries. You've and practiced so. it for a while. So we have, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's, like, there's a great strategy we, like... And sometimes we don't really talk very much, but we might like be on chat throughout the day. Well, that's talking, um, right? and, yeah. And today, yeah. yes. Um, and and so, yeah, we just like stay in touch. And there might be days where we don't talk, but that is would be the anomaly. Like we just try to, even if it's shorter. And there's always a text like "Good morning," "Good night," like you know that kind of thing. Um, but I rely on him for like advice a lot. I mean I think he does for me too I mean I help him a lot too but I would say someone just asked me recently like if you're making a big decision like do you get a lot of people's opinions or like who do you talk to and I'm like well I definitely like ask him you know so I also will bug him about you know things so it'll just naturally come up right um but sometimes also you're just so exhausted there's like Maybe just it's calling to be like, oh, I'm so exhausted. And just to have someone here, like someone in the world care about you.
0: <laughs> right. Who's not working with you. Yeah. Right. Who, who, who's compassionate to the fact that you don't want to talk about work and you're just exhausted.
1: And we like, um also with some of our close friends, I feel like also we all have like a pretty strong DM like, chain on twitter where we're constantly it feels like we're all on twitter together because we'll just like message each other something that we think is funny or that we'd like and in a way that also feels like this communal it's like during the day we've like it could be like a stupid funny video or it could be like breaking news or something it's like we're all connected because we're looking at the same world sort of yeah um but you know, Colin's in Germany right now for three months on a postdoc. So, also, I don't feel like I'm always... It's not like I'm the one who's not around. You're like like both we, extremely we each, successful
0: and global people. We each, like, global people do and, other things.
1: Yeah. And we try to meet up in places. So, I guess it just, like works like that. And then when we're around in the same state, like we got to spend a, a good amount of time in New York together this summer, which was partly by design. We kind of wanted to do that. And right. and it's great. And you can be, be like super, dip, you know, I feel like we spent all our time together and then we go to like spending none of our time together. But maybe that's part of the secret. It's like a balance. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, yeah, I guess you could do it on a nightly basis or on a on a quarterly basis. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's it's uh it's the balance. Yeah. yeah. Um, your Twitter handle is at Allie Clay. Allie Clay. Yeah. A L I K I think it's a good place to end it, Allie. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: you can find Allie on Twitter at Allie Clay. You can see her latest film, The Brink. It's on Hulu. Yes. I believe. Um, And you can visit Living30 at living30.blog. Thanks for joining, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Make sure to get in touch at living30.blog. Let's make this an unbelievable decade. Until next time, I'm Max Finder, and this is Living30.